1: This week on Meets World, Cory and Topanga, Cory and Sean, Cory and Sean. Let, let's just say, if there's no Cory
2: and Topanga, there's still a series. If there's Cory, no Cory and Sean, I, I don't want seven years of that. Cory and Sean is the heart and soul of Boy Meets World. That's the number one for me reason to watch the show, to love the show. They complete each other <laughs> for we
0: sure. Love
2: it. When the spawn meets world.
0: What up, bros? What up, Russ? And welcome to Bra Meets World.
1: When it's Bra Meets World,
0: your boy Meets World fun because I'm see. C- I'm Tony Curtis. How Tony, downtown. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, we have a really fun episode. Uh, in line for everyone today. But I'm we so that,
1: excited for today's episode.
0: Before we do that, I want to talk about television, and oh. by that, I mean. The Emmys were yesterday when we were recording. Oh. Uh,
1: <laughs> did you watch? Good. Um, No, I did not watch the Emmys. Uh, you did not watch the you Emmys? You know, I'm a pop culture person, and I grew up watching all of the award shows all the time. But especially within, like, the last 10 years or so, the lack of acknowledgement for people of color in the works that they do by academies has got me to the point where I'm like, y'all's awards don't really mean shit to me the way they used to. And like, I get it. It's a big deal. But at the same time, there's powerful art that's never been given awards that has meant more to me than things that have. So it's lost its glimmer as years go by, I'll say. I It's so funny that you say that specific thing because this
0: year at the 75th emmys um award show one it was the first time an all-black a produ- production team uh was at the helm oh so okay. that was true but it i did also, see they
1: reunited martin
0: they reunited martin they were very adamant about acknowledging and giving flowers to black media and black art that had not been before. I, as a black person, I definitely watched this particular cast and I was like, oh, y'all are making up for lost time. But in a way that doesn't feel like egregious. It just felt natural and it felt like it felt like a production team that appreciated television. This was the first award show in quite some time and especially compared to like the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. This was the first show, award show in quite some time that you were like, oh, you like what you're rewarding. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, I I will say this. Uh, I did see a few clips actually, now that you're bringing up like the Martin thing and a few other ones. And yeah, it's cool that they reunited Martin. Would it have been cool to acknowledge them when they were actually like, A record-breaking show? Absolutely. Would it have been cooler for the Grammys or the Oscars or the Emmys or any of these uh, academies to say like, hey, we have a special category to acknowledge art from the past that did not get the acknowledgement that it did in the moment but have lifetime achievement of some sorts. To acknowledge that Martin was a great show but still leave them empty-handed, it's not going to change the stats of that show or bring them up in... Uh, you know, prestige at all, just to have them reunited to present an award. It's like when they had the cast of Always Sunny, and it's like, yeah, we've been no longer than all of y'all, but we still, this is our first time here. It's like, just acknowledging shit doesn't correct shit all the time. So at least that's my perspective, and I'm probably being a little bit picky, but... <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing. I think that it's worth it. To me, and this is just my opinion, in my opinion,
0: you gotta start somewhere. Wait. And by acknowledging Martin, and like again, there were lots of jokes that were like, Like, hey, you guys are notorious for not acknowledging shows that deserve Always Sunny. Always Sunny said the same thing you did to Martin. You know, like, there are lots, like, they had Marla Gibbs up there. And then they acknowledged that Quinta Brunson is the first person to win um, Best Actress in a Lead Role as a Black woman in the last 40-some years. Like, they, they were, in fact, acknowledging the past mistakes and i think that at least for our generation you can't change the past but we can course correct and i think that starts by saying exactly what we do here hey do better
1: (laughs) you know know what you're right and again like i didn't watch it maybe it was a good show maybe i need to find some clips to get into the spirit of it but I usually wait until I see the highlights the next day. That's what I've learned about a lot of these hype events. I get it. It's like even like the whole idea of like the super time ty- the Super Bowl half show and the Super Bowl commercials. It's like, just go on YouTube on Monday. Like, why are y'all <laughs> doing this? Like it's over the top.
0: Well, it's because they love television. And mm. as two people who love television, I gotta tell you about our episode today. Oh, please when, do. When we are talking about reflecting, when we are talking about appreciating. We are talking about been in it since the beginning. Mm-hmm. We are talking about this special guest. Today, we are talking to Jeff Minnell, Uh-oh. who was Uh-oh. the Uh-oh. longest running writer. I believe he was in all seven seasons of Boy Meets World and three seasons of Girl Meets World.
1: Jeff Minnell did everything but the original pilot episode that had a different cast.
0: Exactly. That's, so he was
1: there name. from, like, the the first episode that aired into the last episode of Girl Meets World. No one was there as much as him. probably Michael Jacobs, but even Michael Jacobs dipped for a few years. So, exactly. like, you know, he was so involved with all of it. And let me just say, by the way, we had Gary Miller. We had Mark Blutman. Now we have Jeff Minnell. Like, as I feel like Thanos collecting <laughs> infinity <laughs> stones of Boy Meets World. <laughs> And guess what, Michael Jacobs? We coming for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yes, thank you guys. So until then, really quickly, before we dive in, as usual, we have to do our shout outs. Thank you guys for reaching out to us at Brummeets World on all the places you guys are reaching out to us on email. You are doing it on social media, YouTube, um, all the places. We appreciate the conversation. We love hearing from you guys. Let us know what you think about this episode. We used some of your questions that you asked on our Instagram poll to ask Jeff questions. So uh, be sure to look out for your question if you submitted one, and be sure to continue to talk to us on all the platforms at meets World or email us at meets world at gmail.com Also, there will be an extended cut of this episode on our Patreon, patreon.com slash runmeetsworld. And now that we've done all of the promo things, all the
1: promo things,
0: you guys, let's break them. It is our pleasure to be chatting with the special guest of this episode. Again, he was the self-described Jersey boy. Who, with the exception of Boy Meets World Pilot, was involved in every episode of Boy Meets World.
1: Specifically, and- the writer for and then the Rashawn, one of the greatest episodes of the entire series.
0: Please welcome to the show, Jeff Minnell! Hey! <laughs> how
1: hey you guys. Going? Welcome.
0: Right. Yeah, great thank to, you so great great to much for joining us. We listened to your episode of Pod Meets World, which is how we um, helped prepare for this. But you were saying that you listened nice to too. some of our stuff. Which yeah, so just you
2: listen to. Well, I listened. I two things on the way home. I was just down like in L.A. and got here just in time, to be honest. So I decided should I listen to the Gary Miller episode? I didn't really <laughs> want to listen to anybody else talk about the show, but you know, I did listen to it. And I was just saying, one, I don't want to. He's a hard act to follow. That guy's got. I mean, what a, what credentials? He's been around forever. He is Mr. Hollywood. I'm, I'm just boy meets world girl meets world one little show in between so uh it, it'll be uh a little bit of a different experience for you guys but oh oh, and i listened to you guys dissect angela's uh men yeah and yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and i really learned a lot I'm, and and listen this is there's no self-deprecation or modesty or anything yeah i know you guys you did love it i think uh tony's rave was you know um i'm okay with it which is fine <laughs> which is totally okay but listening to you guys dissect it is really interesting because obviously i don't i've never done that i've seen a show once maybe i haven't seen that show uh since it aired wow and so it's kind of fun to watch Uh, thanks to you guys i watched three episodes oh wow Um, wow. yeah uh, and
1: boy meets world's a good show i realized i was really to watch. I was a, crying i was yeah. laughing you it's know. a great show and you know obviously we're kind of having a very modern approach to uh dissecting television the way that people do with like really intense dramas like game of thrones they're dissecting everything and boy meets world right. just wasn't meant for that but it has <laughs> been really fun for yeah, us it doesn't
2: stand up sometimes
1: <laughs> it's been really fun yeah. for us to to look at it uh all oh, good you Oh, we know that you started out as a movie reviewer, right? What's something that you know now, uh, being in Hollywood as long as you did, that you didn't know back before when you were reviewing movies that may have changed your opinion of of critique or our film or television? Uh,
2: that's a good question. um Nothing, nothing's changed. <laughs> I, I mean, nothing's changed as far as how I look at stuff. I mean. Yeah, I had a great, I, I was a, uh, I was the New York film reviewer for The Hollywood Reporter. Wow. One of, it was the greatest, at the time, it was just the greatest job I've ever wanted. It was it paid nothing. It was like 50 bucks a review, but I would see at least 10 movies a week. I love movies. I mean, I learned a lot from being in TV. It was a whole new experience for me, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But um, as far as critiquing goes, uh, listen, everyone has an opinion. <laughs> Everybody's a critic, and, and, and I heard Gary even talk about this. These days... Obviously, everybody's opinion is out there immediately, instantaneously, and that's not how it was when I was growing up. You know, you had to wait for the reviews to come out in the newspaper. You know, yep. or Gene Shalit, you know, on the Today Show. <laughs> and um, so, for me, being a film reviewer, it was truly it was it was the greatest gig. And um, I had to give it up actually to move out here to work on Boy Meets World, and I it wasn't an easy give up <laughs> to be honest. Yep. But uh, but I'm so glad I did. It was <laughs> this is the TV experience. Uh, Obviously opened my eyes to everything in Hollywood. I had no experience whatsoever. I came here, i was thirty eight years old, kind of older than most newbies, but I was like a kid when I started. I'm mean, a kid on the on the sound stage. yeah, we shoot out on the Disney lot. I know I'm kind of all over the place. I don't know what question you asked, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, my first day I'm on the Disney lot Wow, i I go into the animation building that's where our offices were, and you see all the artwork from you know Fantasia from everything. Uh we go to the sound stage, which is where Mary Poppins was shot. And I'm like, I mean, this, you know, I, I'll get to the bad part of, of the job later. <laughs> but but I'm uh, from Jersey, I never expected to come out here ever. And uh and I'm just walking around there and uh, I I mean for months I was every day I'm just pointing at stuff on the lot sure. and people say, Stop that, that's cool, you know. And uh it was just it was a very eye-opening experience. As far as the business goes, yeah, I learned a lot over the years. You can't help it. I'm not very business savvy. I'm certainly not even TV writer savvy. I just did my job. <laughs> I loved what I was doing. I never knew you were expected to look for other work because why <laughs> would I? Yeah, and uh, and it kind of served me it served me well.
0: That's so great. You talk about it the way that we kind of talk about it. We we started this podcast because we love television and we love movies. And when I was listening to your episode of Pod Meets World, that joy and that kind of like wonder of Hollywood and television <laughs> really yeah. came through. Okay. Uh, and, and for TC and I, that's inspirational because you said you were 38. We're like in our mid-30s is what i'll say so to hear like your journey of like hey i didn't even get started till this time like what was that like to be again kind of like mid-30s and change careers
2: yeah it was uh well you know i'll tell you a little just quickly about the genesis of how i got the job and it was not you know it sounds like it should be an easy decision uh, and uh, ultimately it was but so my path's a little different and yeah i have a connection I've known Michael Jacobs, the guy who created Boy Meets Roll. We've been friends since I was seven years old. We were friends forever. Uh, I I never once thought about even trying to come out and work for him. Because one, I never wanted to leave Jersey and New York. I loved it there. Had a great life going on. And uh, he had a lot of shows on there, as you know. he's I think he's had like 15 or 16 series. Uh but then a friend of mine back there goes, hey, why don't we pitch an idea to your buddy Mike on My Two Dads? And I go, oh, I don't know. All right, let's do that. And we started doing that, and he kept shooting stuff down. And sometimes he'd like it. He goes, we're doing it. Maybe next year. I th- I don't know if he was humoring me or not, but I don't really
0: care.
2: <laughs> I only wanted to sell an idea. I never wanted to come out here. And then I sent him a spec script I wrote on my own, a Seinfeld spec. And I may I, I told us on the uh Pod meets world. Yeah, so I hate repeating stuff, but You're fine. I had no choice. <laughs> um, it was a Seinfeld. I was actually pretty proud of it. And I thought, oh, this is good. I sent it to him and he actually really liked it. And I said, oh, can you get to the Seinfeld people? And he goes, yeah, which is a lie, complete lie. <laughs> because you know you don't send specs for that show to that show because legal reasons, they won't even read it. But he actually liked it, the first thing I've ever sent him that he liked. And then uh, that was it. And then a few months later, I get a call from him saying, Hey, I have a pilot I wrote. Um, we just shot it, and if it goes, do you think you'd want to, you know, be on staff? And I, I go, oh, I don't know, I don't know, man, I don't. know. I, literally, we just—my uh, wife is about to give birth. We just bought a house in Jersey, and I go, and I was working on a book thing. I won't go into that. And I go, I don't know, May, I, maybe. And I didn't think, honestly, I didn't even think about it. Three months later, he calls. This is, I guess, May or June, and he goes. Uh, hey they picked up the show for 13 episodes i need to know by tomorrow do you want this job and i go what i, I mean i got such a headache immediately <laughs> i hate change we my daughter had been born in this time she's like two months old oh. and i i remember i sat down with my wife i i go well you know obviously within an hour we realized well what idiot would turn that down so I went out by myself to California for six months without my newborn baby and uh, my wife. She had to deal with that. And um it was kind of a no-brainer. Although he did tell me, he goes, one thing though, the woman who co-created the show with me, uh, she's gonna hate you because she wanted <laughs> someone on staff, and I'm I'm the bigger cheese. You
0: took the spot. I took, took the spot.
2: spot. And I said, Why'd you have to tell me that? I don't wanna I hate animosity, I don't like conflict. Um and it, there was some conflict <laughs> when they came out, but it was all good. It was all good.
0: <laughs> I think Boy Meets World is almost like a, a home feeling for a lot of people. Like, by yeah. like, as you said, it's like, that's what I know. It's nostalgic whenever I revisit it. It's, I can get that comfort feel. So even though it has its flaws, there's plenty of things that I, I just enjoy. Well, that's great. I love that. <laughs> I love,
2: listen, you know, th- I, I heard Gary touch upon this during Boy Meets World, we didn't really know. I mean, we you know we did okay in the ratings. We were never picked up for more than one season at a time. So I mean, it was a marginal hit. But but we had honestly, we had no idea um, of the fandom, uh, fan sure. base for it. Yeah. And when Girl Meets World was announced, um, all of a sudden, all the, all these things come out on the internet. Like, oh my God, this is the most exciting thing! You know, we grew up on Boy Meets World, and I and only literally since then, but not in the interim. Not in the first 20 years. In that time, I started meeting people that would say, "Oh my God, the show!" Like people love the show. Who know the show? Not everyone yeah. loves it, but the people that love the show love the show, and that was really an exciting thing to learn. Honestly, almost 20 years after the fact, you go, "Wow, I had no idea!" And so that was really, really exciting. And when I do watch some episodes, obviously it brings back certain memories for me. <laughs> uh, of, but uh, the ones I just watched today, I really watched them not not as someone that was part of shooting it, but as a fan and it was like, wow, what, the cast is so good. I mean, everyone was so talented on that show. It was really, it really was fun. And I was on the show all seven for every, every yeah. episode, which, you know, I have to say that gives me pause sometime, but uh, so I, had, <laughs> I, had a, I had a little piece in every single episode, so certainly more on the ones that have my name on it, but it was just, uh, it was a great collaboration. And I met some of the greatest people. I'm still very good friends, yeah. obviously. Gary and Mark and Howard Busking and my, you know, I don't want to, uh, one of my closest friends passed away, uh, Matt oh, yeah. Nelson. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was, he was a big part of the show and of my life. And, sure. uh, but uh, Gary, everyone talks about it. That's your family. Yeah. You're in there. Honestly, sometimes, you know, 36 hours that's rare yeah. but but wow. a lot of a lot of hours certainly are you with them much more than you are with my the family i didn't see my kids much during the first seven years and um they get to you get to know each other honestly on an intimate level that you just really wouldn't even be comfortable telling your wife about stuff that you tell in sure. the room it's just something about it it stays in the room and it's but it's a cathartic thing you know you're that you be that open so you can be that open with with the writing and the pitching
1: and everything and um Yeah, it was really, it's really a unique experience. One of the things we were very excited to have you on for is the fact that you have been a part of the show throughout the entire run (laughs) of it. Um, You know, we are in the later half of the show. We are now, like, at the beginning of season seven, Um, you... From a fan perspective, as we are, you know, kind of the voice of the fans, when we go out there, when we go to these live events, when we're talking to people, the overall consensus is that like seasons three through five are everyone's, everyone's favorite. And one of the things that I found find interesting about that is, you know, obviously season six, there's the move to college. And I guess, you know, from a writer's perspective, you know, when you hear that, hey, we're taking the cast to college Right. Is there a lot of conversation that goes into how that move is going to happen? How do we make the show feel similar through this change? Like, what was that transition between five and six like?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, let me just apologize in advance. My memory about everything
1: is very vague,
2: honestly. It's all, I, I won't have the specific knowledge that a lot of people have. Even, even Gary and Mark, they remember things. But I, I do remember that, of course, because, you know, the big joke was, yeah, how do we bring Feeney? You know I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's almost... You know, there's a pathetic, fine line between pathetic and, and you know, artistic, uh, artistic. Um, but of course we had to bring him, you know, so, but the kids grew, the kids got older, you know, they can't stay in high school for past six years without looking like, uh, you know, they're idiots. And so we had to, we had to advance them, had to go to college. There was kind of an excitement to it because, okay. you know, you, you, you. The playing field, you kind of want to change at a certain point. You know, I mean, yes, of course, like cheers, always going to be at a bar. But our kids were getting older. And so college, it was a natural progression. And we're glad they didn't want to cancel the show once we wanted to go to college. And so, yeah, the conversation was, how do we do it? How do we include everyone, um, even the parents, because they're going to be less involved. And I think they probably were Mm -hmm. Uh, there. I'm sure there were B stories that included them and they were great. We never want we never want to get rid of anybody. But, but bringing Feeney along was – I mean, that, that that was the reveal of him as dean was just kind of, you know, well, we have to do it, and everyone's expecting us to do it, so let's just try to do it the best way and the funniest way uh, possible. But once once we made the decision we moved ahead, it was kind of like – the stories kind of came out naturally, and it was like, okay, now let's move along, and then to get to the very end where they financially are going to leave college and move on with their lives. It was really – know i never wanted the show to end uh but i i think it seven years was a pretty good run and i think it i think it ended before it started like you know now what you know before people go okay story's over so i think it actually even though i never wanted the show to end for a lot of reasons financial (laughs) (laughs) you know this is where i've been going for seven years i don't want to change um but it felt right you know so uh yeah but the college thing was a natural progression that just had to happen and we wanted to do it as smooth as possible i I haven't seen the transition episode, so I have
0: I don't know uh, how it worked. You could tell me. It don't, I, one of the Things that we're very uh, adamant about is with the show, especially for one that's going that long. As you said, it was seven seasons, and that's yeah. not a given for any show. Um, so for Boy Meets World, when it does kind of like change these scenes, like we went from like really young when it was just Feeny's classroom to high school to right. college. Uh, you do kind of lose some characters along the way. Were there any characters that you really wanted to hold on to, but for whatever reason we had to let go of?
2: Well, I mean, you know, well, certainly, you know, I, I, everyone loves uh, Frankie and Joey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Harley and and uh, Griff, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um And I don't even really remember how we lost them. it's funny i i've learned through your show and also through the other podcast, they didn't do all that many episodes but i feel like they were around forever you know what i mean and so i i did miss them just because they were just fun they were fun to write for they were yeah. fun to watch they were all great um i don't know if that happened because we went to college i actually don't even remember when they stopped being on the show um But they they were, they, and they, they were really, I just, I just love them as actors also. They were, they were, they were great kids. They're I mean, now were are in their forties, but they were kids. (laughs) They were kids, you know? And so I I missed them. Even in the early years, I missed uh, Minkus, right? That's. Yeah. (laughs) Minkus Minkus was great. And, you know, sometimes I don't even, I never know sometimes why things happen. I'm not, I wasn't in the decision-making process at the beginning. I was, I started as a staff writer, you know, didn't come producer until later, but um, you find out things. You know, like oh, that's, they're not coming back. Oh, oh, what? Those writers aren't here. Yeah, like I don't even <laughs> know that till we get in the writers' room sometimes, and yeah. I go, oh, interesting. Later on, I became part of that process, but not early on. And I was just always happy to have the job. I was always happy that we got renewed, and um, yeah. But I mean, you know, and I don't like change in general, but I, I knew the show had to change. But I knew we would never yeah. lose the core. You know yeah. what I mean? So. And then we added people like, you know, Mr. Turner and Eli and Angela, you know, and uh, and that was fun. And Blake, you know, Blake Clark is Sean's dad. So the show evolved and and, you know, and the stories maybe got a little more serious towards the last couple of seasons. Um, I was
1: actually (laughs) going to bring that up. You know, season six, we have. You know, Corey hits a teacher, Sean's dad dies, and <laughs> Corey's little brother almost dies in the hospital, all within like oh, five weeks of each other. Like, it's it's a very like dark blip in season six. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you,
2: John Strauss, who was on the first season, him and Ed Decker were team and they were co executive producers. And so they left the show after the first season. He called, <laughs> I guess it was season, whatever season you're just talking about, And it, it must have been when uh, the baby was, season uh, you six. know. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was a two-parter of of a, of a baby in a ICU, and, and he called it. He goes, I, I thought you guys were a comedy. What
0: happened? <laughs> when did it
2: change? And I go, well, you know, there's there's a little laughs there, and it was hard, but it was it was that replicated a story in Michael's life, and oh. sometimes oh. sometimes stories dictated where the show went in terms of tone, you know, and uh, that was part of it. Um, and sometimes it's just a good story, like like yeah, you know, like like Corey hitting that teacher. That was great. Yeah. That's yeah. a great episode. Um, that's one of our favorite episodes from that season, yeah. actually. Yeah. I think that's Matt's, so I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. that, that was oh and uh, um Fred played the teacher, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was great, he was chilling. Um yeah. and stuff like that. And Blake, yeah, you know, Blake dying. I don't remember how that was pitched or not, uh, but that was great. And then again, I know Gary talked about it, but we did. We love Blake so much that we go, sorry, we killed you. Come back. Can you come back? As a ghost. <laughs> and that worked too. I, I I never felt Blake's reappearance was cheesy. Sure. So but you're right. It, it took and again, I think that's part of not that you run out of silliness, but you run out of you you kind of want to, you know, get better with the ideas, the story ideas. You want them to grow a little bit, and sometimes that involves less funny. But I mean, we always, listen, we always had Eric Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we needed funny. I Like, I know how you felt about him in Angela's Men. I got to tell you, <laughs> I watched that. I laughed. I was laughing. I was crying today, forgetting how funny he was. Yes, it was stupid. Um, <laughs> listen, I have to tell you one time, Eric, Will came to us and begged us, can, can I please stop being an idiot? I, I just, he didn't want to be an idiot anymore. And we go, have you watched the show do you, do you see how funny you are and um i understood where he was coming from but also we needed him you know yeah. to be like that and he he, his dream would have been to be on SNL. he, he i think jim carrey was his idol and yeah. i he was a, he was a real revelation for us early on we didn't mm-hmm. know he was that funny when he was cast he was good he was a big brother and then he we, he had naturally give and i'm telling you he i but he's in that women's outfit. It just it was in a stupid case. Yeah, the the couch yes, cushion was yes. funny, but that was ridiculous. But just his commitment to the bits is what I loved about him. So, I know I always seem to angle off whatever your question you're talking about. But but I'm just talking about that. Even if we go like with a an ICU baby, we can have Eric getting struck by lightning on the side, just to lighten things up for a second. And sure. and I think that's that's how he justified uh, the idiocy. Uh, Along with the, the realism of, of the show itself, but um, to answer your original question, I don't know how it got darker in, the, in that season, that particular yeah. season. I think it's just storyline stories get pitched, and Michael likes them, and then the network likes them, and we go, yeah, let's do that. And then in the writing, sometimes they'll get even heavier, you know. Sure. And so, yeah. and that's just listen. I, I like the fact that they let us do shows like that at times because a lot of Fun. a lot of networks the executives will say, no, no, you're a comedy, keep it light, keep it this. And as you said, we've dealt with some, you know, heavy duty, you know, uh molestation, drinking, this and that. Uh yeah, I'm I'm proud of those uh, that we were able to do that in those episodes.
0: Yeah, Boy Meets World always had the balance or not always, but it was known for having the balance of kind of really serious topics, but also light, fun, um antics that we could have and i want to clarify with will specifically it's very clear that he's a comedic genius we love him for what he's done i think for a lot of people uh it's always been where did the development of some of these characters go because you know like i think specifically you wrote stormy weather which is such a great eric episode and we see his potential as a weatherman but then we don't see it go anywhere and we were just like as fans we want to know was that ever like considered did you ever consider the fact that we kind of set him up to be a weatherman or Corey to be in the media but we just like don't want to go in that direction or did it like not even come up um again this this would be
2: my memory will be vague but i honestly don't think i don't think it was a conscious decision to keep eric from you know growing as, as a human being or getting more mature i think it was just certain episodes like there's one where him and and rusty you know father son very poignant moments um you know like where i think it started with a joke with rusty jumping out of a plane yeah. ostensibly to not have a conversation with eric but it became a very kind of heavy episode and I, I think I think and again I don't I don't know. I'm just sort of making this up as I'm thinking about it. But I think, Eric, we never wanted to lose the comedy value that he that we could always tap when we needed to. Sure. And again, I don't think this is a conscious decision, but I think if we made him almost like too mature, too grown up, it would be hard to go back to that. So yeah. it was kind of great to have that. Um <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of, you know, when they when they were getting married or uh when was this their wedding? When when Corey and Sean are having a big, big fight. Yeah. And he calls them like, you know... Trailer trash. Trailer trash. Yeah, and yeah. Eric just goes, Sean's poor. I mean, <laughs> it's such a funny moment in a heavy situation. But for me, it makes the show. And, and yeah. I, I would not want to lose that. And I think we might have lost that if we went in a certain direction. But I, I do feel that Eric, as a character, did develop even if he was... Imbecilic at times and, and funny, but uh, I mean, he was always there when Corey needed him. He was a good big brother, he was there for Sean, he was there for Topanga. Uh, you know, um, him, him and Feeney had some great, great moments. So, yeah, I don't think it was conscious decision, I just think it's sort of, but every now and then someone would pitch a sh- an idea with Eric, and no one we would never shy away with it because no, we don't want him to not be funny. so huh. I, a lot of decisions about the characters just sort of naturally just sort of happened. I don't think we made many like, you know, we're going to keep Corey this way. We're going to, you know, Feeney's Feeney. sure. Um yeah. But, you know, but the the characters and the relationships like Corey and Topanga, that story <laughs> involved ridiculous. Yeah. Break up, get together, got married. And him and Sean, I mean, boy, they rub off on each other. I mean, that that's the evolution of the show. You you see Corey and Sean in their first season. Yeah, Sean's a dope you know, and then it becomes this like, you know, heavy duty, you know, poet. Uh, tragic poet. And and Ben and Corey, you know, uh, and I think it really speaks to the acting abilities of the entire cast. You know, like, like I said, Will could be hysterical, but it could be poignant. You know, Ben could be silly and goofy, but he had some heavy duty scenes with, with everybody. And same with Ryder, obviously, and Danielle. You know, sorry, you know, you're the fans, but I I do love, I love the cast. uh, Every single, they're, they're, I think they're amazing. And the directors, everybody involved with the show, it really was a, a collaborative communal property that everyone made it better.
1: You know, you're giving, you're doing a great job of giving flowers to everyone, but I have to pause and give flowers to you because I'm pretty sure you wrote the most significant episode of the series, which is, and then there was Sean, Absolutely. which is <laughs> literally the episode I show people to get them interested into Boy Meets World. It's an episode uh, that I you feel You shouldn't like do lives, that. That's not that's like own. the show. <laughs> <laughs> it lives yeah. on its own. You yeah. can watch it as just a Halloween special. It's such a great- well-written episode that actually incorporates the Cory and Topanga conflict of them breaking up in a fun way, in the dream sequence. Can you talk a little bit about what that episode was like, uh, you know, from a writing perspective or a production perspective, yeah. and what you think makes it different in the minds of fans? Well, and like you
2: said, I was a film reviewer. I love movies my whole life. This story uh, sort of I don't remember the genesis of why we were going to do like a scream type episode. Maybe they wanted a Halloween episode, Um, but regardless, it was in the air. And uh, for the first time in my set and and only time, my seven years, I fought to get this one because I, I said, man, I'm the right guy for this. I'm sorry. You know, and I, and I won't go through all the machinations of it, but I, ultimately I went to Michael and I said, Hey, I'm just telling you, I've never asked you for anything, but, (laughs) <laughs> this and he goes, no, of course you should write this. And I end up writing. So he get so he ended up giving it to me. And so here's the other thing. So when you're given the script, everyone breaks the story. You write an outline that gets approved, and you send off the script. First season, you had two weeks send off to write it. But by this season, I'm one of the producers and I'm involved in everything. So I don't even leave, you don't leave the offices. You just stay in your own room and write it. And, you know, you should take, it takes about a week, 10 days to write a, a good first draft. But I wrote this in two days. But I had a lie because I remember I came out one day, <laughs> second day, Mike goes, so where are you? You know, and I go, I'm on page 30. And he goes, you better not be. I go, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. But I was done. I, and yeah. so I had to go back to my room and I, I kept rewriting it and making it better. But I had such fun writing this because because you, you can do a show like this. You can't do this in the first two seasons, first three seasons. The shows have to be established, the characters have to be established for you to be able to go to this parallel universe and keep them through to the characters, but have fun with it. So, I mean, I've you know, i seen a million horror movies and, and I so for me to be even reference things, you know, and, and listen, a lot of my stuff got cut just because whatever, inappropriate or whatever. But oh, man. I would say what's that. I said, oh man, we want
1: to know those. We need an extended yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wish it was shot. Yeah,
2: now, there was there was one line that almost survived, but the networks cut it. And it was it wasn't even, it was so stupid that they cut it. But anyway, that's that's just my own personal demon. Um the show, the so the script for me it was my best, my best first draft ever. Um, and it was probably the least rewritten. I mean, it was rewritten, it went through the mill, but it was a lot of it was intact, so I was really just excited. And then, and I always give him the the majority of the credit because I got to be honest, he he deserves it. I just watched it today. Jeff McCracken, uh-huh. who directed a lot of our episodes, I think he did. Yeah. I don't know how many. I'm sure he did the majority of them. But he's he's first of all, he's a close friend of mine. He's 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 a brilliant, and everything. He's an art. Now he's an artist. I'm telling yeah. you, he's the painter that is. I, can't, I still can't. Every time I look at one, I think he's faking it. Because I, how can he be that good at everything? He's an actor, he's a writer, he's a director, he's a playwright. Anyway. But he had a vision. And Jeff always had this amazing passion. And so he happened to love my draft, and he loved the ultimate script. And he came in, and he took it, and he ran with it. And I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. He did such a great job with, just, with the music and the lighting and the yeah. angles and with the cast. Um, so he made that show. That what it, I mean, I'm I'm certainly a big part of it. Everyone's a part of it. I'm a big part of it. He's the biggest part of it in my mind. Michael Jacobs, of course, is the biggest part of every episode. I have to, <laughs> I have to say that contractually. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, Mike. Mm-hmm. No, but and he had some great stuff in there. I think his was the pencil-going-down-the-wall joke. Yeah. It's brilliant. Joke. We'll it always brilliant.
0: remember he was this tall. This tall.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I watch it like I'd never seen the show today. I go, that's so funny and scary. And people, uh, some fans really, really uh, were upset. Um, there were some letters, like, people were saying, I can't believe my kid is traumatized. And, and this, uh, Oh, yeah, there were letters. And, and, again, we had no internet back then. Uh, so all we heard was a couple letters of people really being upset. But – I think it did well. It it didn't, as you know, it didn't air on Halloween. I think it aired
1: in like April it. or March or yeah, something. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So I don't know what the reason for that was, but that's out that's out of our control. I don't care. But but for me, it was just it was it was really fun to take our characters and and write them a little skew. You're know, like you know like like Will with the the you hear the ball and then you know Hi, me, ho and that's <laughs> during you know South, Park's South Park era. So even though I think that's. Uh, What's it called when it's timely and it no longer works? That works on its own. I'm just saying, yeah. Heidi ho!" But um yeah, Jack was annoying, and 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 Angela being the screamer. Yeah, and, and and Will was dating Jennifer Love Hewitt at the time, so getting her was actually great. Bob Tischler named her Pfefferman, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is
0: just silly
1: but funny. And Puffy. Um, yeah, Fessy.
0: So, one,
1: one of my favorite jokes from that episode. That's kind of underrated. Sean has a few examples where he's like, "Oh, there's blood in the showers," just like the horror movie classic <laughs> "Blood in the Showers." <laughs> right,
2: right. Those are great.
1: Yeah, those are. I mean, I, th- I think I did have one of those in my original draft,
2: and then you know they got expounded on, people pitched on them, so they got bigger and bigger. um Yeah, there was a lot of jokes in that, but then of course, you know, ultimately it's a serious moment. You know, it's yes. A, the breakup I can't handle the breakup You, So I'm living in this nightmare, you know? And uh and it was good and Feeney was good. And you know, I mean it was uh you know, was a silly little tag, but it was it was it was it was uh yeah, surely my favorite episode that I was my name on it, you know.
0: Absolutely. Like to to that point there were a few things. One, as T C knows, Scream is my favorite movie of all time. So Let's the hear, idea scared the that- hell out of me. The oh idea God. that this movie, this episode was based on my favorite movie is just so like I love I love you for it and I appreciate it. <laughs> and I but, love you for loving it. Yeah. But also to that point, we've noticed there have been a lot of episodes that seem like they were inspired by movies that sure. came out. But they came out so soon after. We were like, did you guys like, did the oh. writer's room get secret? Like, scripts okay, going on? yeah, I, we have two oh, examples of this. Yeah. One example
1: that's... is the Truman Show episode where the movie came out ah. only a few months before the episode aired. And then there was the episode uh, where Last Tango Topanga... in Philly. Oh, Last Tango in Philly. Mon- yeah. uh, uh, full Monty. Full right? Monty. Yeah. And then the Topanga and uh, Corey are getting ready for their wedding episode, is very similar to this. Um, Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer movie that came out around that same time. Um, I think it was like This Is Us or Story of Us or something oh, like that, yeah. where they're in couples therapy and the entire episode is then being filmed in couples therapy, but talking to the camera. And oh, it's wow. almost exactly the style of the episode. And it came out like the month before. There was just a lot of these moments where we were like pop culture, like this is definitely something in pop culture the at phrase. the moment. Yeah. But we it seems like you guys were ahead of it or like right in time with it in a lot of ways. Well, two of those were definitely, uh, and I, I don't know, I can't remember, like, explain what the
2: timing is. Uh, I felt like the Truman Show had to have come out way before we, because, you know, it takes a while to shoot a show and then have yeah. it air and all that, but it doesn't take that long. You know, it's not like making a movie. It's like, you know, if we write it and we shoot it, it'll, it could be on the air in a few weeks. So the Truman Show was certainly a ripoff <laughs> or an homage rather. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think the episode is called the Truman Show, isn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. so, so there's no getting away from that. Last Tango in Philly was certainly inspired by Flamante, which is I love that movie. Okay. Uh, I actually saw it with Blumenthal. I remember he was in the theater with me. And um, but, and this is going to sound self-deprecating. That's not a good episode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was inspired by that. But I don't. I have no idea what the point of that show was. I don't. I don't remember anything about it other than they, Sean does a handstand dance move at the end. That's all I remember from that episode. That was intentionally uh inspired by Fulmonti. the one you're talking about with the the Bruce Willis, I think that's just coincidental. Yeah. No, I've never heard of that movie. I don't think anyone in, in that I worked with even knows of that movie, okay. so that might just be amazing coincidence you know, but but I like i mean I remember those moments and that it was pretty good them talking
0: to the families. so I, some of them were in fact okay. but, oh so sorry some of them were in fact um from like the movies that you saw you said you saw full monty but again full monty came yeah. out like months before this episode aired so that's why we were wondering if you guys saw like an early cut or something nah, nah. no nah, well, i'm not
2: i'm not connected i went to the <laughs> theater in the encino and saw it and uh and i loved it and uh, and again i don't even know if i pitched an idea again i have no idea the genesis of it but a lot of times things are in the in the air culturally and, and otherwise and people go oh we should do something like that so uh i think it was that simple well obviously they weren't going to take their clothes off but they were (laughs) going to do something embarrassing um man i I should go back and watch it because honestly i don't i have no clue what the storyline was on that i'm curious i don't even
1: remember we can tell you
2: i know you you can yeah Uh, if you want but what, you don't have to waste time on it unless
1: you want to. We, we actually just rewatched it, and it was very interesting because the whole premise is that the girls just want to go dancing, but the boys can't figure out how to please their girls. Right. <laughs> so oh, the whole wow. episode is like, we want to go dancing, we want to go dancing, and then at the end, they finally put on a dance performance for them. Oh,
2: my God. How do we make that into an episode of
1: television? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Not every episode
2: is stellar, but most – Boy, these role episodes are very (laughs)
1: good. I I have a question that I'm so curious, and I don't know if you remember any details of this, but I've always wanted to know. The series finale, I think, is one of the best series finales in the history of television. You guys, I think, in like... Pay a perfect homage to the show we all fall in love with. The yeah. episode is split up between these flashback sequences from early episodes and a current story that's happening in the moment about the kids moving to New York. Right. I was always so curious if you guys knew what clips were going to be referenced in that yeah. writing process, or if it was thrown in afterwards. No, 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 no. We, no, we picked the clips. Yeah, you have to pick the clips because you have to write to it. You can't. You, know, you can't.
2: It would be very weird if you just generically. Oh, I remember that time that thing happened you know so no 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 we i i, I mean i can't remember if specifically the two writers i think it was Bob Tischler tishler matt nelson wrote the last two parts together and um you know try do good all that stuff it was great it was brilliant it was it was it was a, it was such a satisfying finale like you say it was really it was worth making it into two episodes and showing some clips No, that was poured over by you know Either the writers or the staff, or we had we put someone else on and said we need a clip like this, pour through it, give us choices, and then that became part of the writing process as well. So no, that that's not that can't be cavalier. Michael Jicks would never allow anyone else to approve certain clips that are going to be in a show that were not pertinent to what we're writing about. So I'm sure he he certainly had a major hand in at least approving. Maybe and he in his mind and you know and 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 he would have a very good memory of stuff that say well that episode would work here so I don't remember who specifically picked them but it was they were handpicked by uh, the
0: creative staff. You have like episodes like by hooker by crook, uh, janitor dad, easy street, <laughs> cult um, fiction, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cult fiction, the Eskimo. I'm very proud <laughs> of my titles, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. those those episodes are all very. Good around Sean like they really developed Sean as a character like do you think that you just connected with Sean like what was it about his particular character that made you write such memorable episodes well
2: you know and once again let me just rephrase uh, reiterate uh, rewritten rewritten and through everything goes through the Michael Jacobs mill everything okay. he's at the he's at the comm he types and, <laughs> and, and, and in the old days I mean this was the most painful thing and Again, I'm not bad about This was just a horrible thing to witness as a writer. You hand in a script, and if he didn't like it, uh, he would just take a pencil and start crossing out all your words and then start typing a whole new script. So that was a very painful process. But the the, the bottom line is every script gets rewritten in the room, the voice. So I'm the, I'm certainly not the voice of Sean. I mean, I've written for Sean a lot of his dialogue. I've written dialogue for every character, even Feeney. That's probably my most rewritten stuff. <laughs> I, what do I know about someone like that? But um, uh, but I I did feel like I could write for Sean at times. I mean, everyone did. You know, uh, Matt Nelson was considered, especially in the later years, the voice of Sean because Matt had a lot of angst, <laughs> and mm-hmm. when Sean was the angst written character, you know, Michael would go, Matt, what would Sean say? You know, so so it was it was that kind of room. You know, it really was. Mm-hmm. Everyone really did contribute. So I, I think it just happened to be a lot of my episodes were Sean ones. Um. Uh, a lot of times I don't even know why I end up writing the ones I did. I mean, except for the scream one and the provider, I, I, that one I felt very connected to. And and Stormy Weather, like you said, those, those are probably three of my personal favorites. A lot of the other ones are I'm happy, I'm very proud
1: of, but but those just cause I really remember when I was writing it, I really felt I was into the character. <laughs> well well, there's no denying that you hadn't like an undeniable um fingerprint on this series like you said you were with it for its entire run um you know we were able to talk to um blutman a little bit about this as well but the transition over the girl meets world what was yeah. that like for you your experience with girl meets world i i'll say this we're in season seven right now i've actually not seen girl meets world so as we do our watch through will be my first time watching a lot of it i know see just ah. watched a lot of it yeah you uh, did okay but- yeah. You know, there's, we've heard a lot of stories about Girl Meets World in the set, in the writer's room, and things like that. And I guess I just wanted to know, what, what was that like for you?
2: Yeah. Uh, so Michael called me and Matt one day to have lunch, and he said, so uh, this guy at Disney, Corey Marsh, called him. He was, he, Corey Marsh was a huge Boy Meets World fan, and he called Michael saying, I guess it was the 20th anniversary or 25th. I can't do the math. Um, <laughs> 2016. Yeah, I think it was the 20th anniversary of Boy Meets World, right? And so he said, I want to reboot. I want to do Boy Meets World. I want to do it again. And he he called Michael, who was in Florida at the time, and Michael goes, I will never do that. It's an iconic (laughs) series. I would never touch that show, but here's what I'll do. And this is where Michael, (laughs) he can sell something. He can come up with something like that. Um, And uh, he goes, what I'll do is Uh, Girl Meets World and you know and I don't know if I don't know if Ben and Danielle or Corian Topanga were part of the initial pitch but he was going to do a Girl Meets World show like it was going to be Girl who also I guess is involved with the teacher and then it became and they liked that idea and I think they even bought it and then he goes oh wait what if we get you know Corian Topanga to be the parents and so and that's all him and he did it and they go sold Boom. Now, initially, my reaction to Matt's reaction was, Well, this is embarrassing. I mean, you know, we can't do anything new. It's got to be that show. But, but, it, but once Ben and Danielle came aboard and it really became something that I think we got pretty excited about. Plus, you know, I needed the job. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, it was hard. It, the, the pilot experience was one of the worst experiences of my life. Almost killed. Michael almost got us. I mean, round the clock, horrible, last minute rewriting, last minute recasting. There was a different brother. Um, the kid is, oh, you don't know the show, but there's a young brother, but he was older in the original pilot. And nothing to do with him. He was great. Can't remember his name, unfortunately. He was really good. It just didn't work. So it, it was like just a really, really, really painful process. Disney, a diff- Disney Channel is different than ABC. So it was a different audience different world, it was a different feel, but we were pretty excited. Um, and so uh, once once we got going and once they picked up the pilot, we went to all these testing seminars and listening to boys talk about it and girls talk about it. And we we, 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 we learned a lot. We didn't have quite the freedom that we did with Boy Meets World yeah. to do what we wanted. And also it's hard, because you know we never talked down, I'd say the beauty of Boy Meets World, and even Girl Meets World, we never talked down to kids um, but I think on Girl Meets World, I think we had to be a little more cognizant of the Disney Channel age and audience. I'm not sure if we did. I, I think it's I'm proud of that show too. It was a different experience. Novelty wasn't quite there for me. It was everyone was in a little it was sort of like a little crankier age <laughs> for everyone involved. It was so it wasn't super fun. Um, but I'm proud of a lot of the shows. And again, just like a boy. I'm very good friends with a lot of the uh, writers from that show. Uh, sure. Some of them were new. A couple were from the old days. You know, me, Mark, Blotman, and Matt were from the original show. And and, and there's a, you know, people we worked with before. And you know, Our writer's assistant became got a script on the show. And him and I were good friends. So, I mean, that's that's the thing I love about all these. And I miss, that's the one thing I miss most about even the workplace. I'd go in, you go in the office and there's, you know, 100 people between, you know, all the support staff and on the craft service. I love craft service. And <laughs> it just, you know, and it's just every day going, Hey, and there was a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. It was just, it wasn't quite a, a smooth running ship as it was on Boy Roll. but I'm glad it happened. And I thought that cast was great. Also, it was fun to have bed. And according to, to read, to revive according to Pang, it was kind of risky, but cool. A lot, a lot of fans were nervous. Like, don't you ruin that iconic, you know, uh, image we have in our head. And um, I don't think we ruined it. I don't know if we evolved it, but um, (laughs) I'd be curious to talk to you guys off air (laughs) after you watch it to see what you think, you know, but, um, but no, it it ended up being uh, something that, oh, you know, especially there's a handful of episodes I go, wow, those are really, really good. And again, maybe a little more serious than we should for the Disney Channel audience at times, but you know, Michael Jenkins is always going to have there's always going to be heart it's always going to be you know try to do something move people and impact people and and if it's a little bit above that's okay you know yeah so yeah, think- I'm, I'm proud of it
0: Yeah, we actually, we talk about this very often. We love that the show didn't talk down the children. It actually did give you really heartfelt or serious topics to think over because the problem that we feel now anyway is a lot of children's shows are just made for kids as if they are kids and they'll stay that way and it doesn't challenge them to think about the world around them. So we appreciated the episodes that, like dealt with a little bit of the tough and rough parts of life, uh, both yeah. in boy meets world and girl meets road, because that's, that's what you're seeking when you're a child.
2: Right. No, that's good. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. Cause yeah, that, that was always the goal. I mean, obviously there's going to be a silly episode here and there where you just go, well, that was silly, but it was still <laughs> fun. But, but ultimately in there, you know, they're always trying to have some heart in every episode, try to have a message in every episode, even if it's, you know, tiny, um, and that, that's that, that I, I'm more proud of uh, Boy Meets World in hindsight than I was during it, you know, because just because you're you're so you're caught up in the oh, my God, is this season going to ever end and, and you know, <laughs> and, and can I recharge for the next season? I mean, it really is a bit of a grind, but um, but it's also magical at times. And and there's stuff that has nothing to do with the show. Just the writers' room antics were like I mean, me. They're just so, I mean, I, I look back on some. I laugh at that. They wouldn't even translate. It's not that I can't tell you. They just will not translate. But just <laughs> just that kind of comfort level and, and 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 meanness. I mean, these are mean people.
1: A lot of the times.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of cruelty, a lot of dysfunction, but always funny. I mean, these are funny people I got to work with. So I'm, you know, I learned a lot from everyone I worked with and, and uh, you know, and, and, you know, Michael and Mark and Gary, I mean, uh, Howard, you know, Matt, uh, everybody, you know, from Teresa, Barbie Feldman, I mean, uh, just so many people, David Brownfield, I feel like I have to name everyone out there, <laughs> but, but there's, a, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot, even ones that were only there for half the season or, or one season, I, I, I you know, I, I loved every single one of them, you know, and uh, and I'm sad when anyone didn't come back, go like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, but that's the nature
0: of the business. Yeah, that's actually really good because, again, as far as we're concerned, you guys collectively made, like, um, a timeless television. And so we have a segment that we ask. Uh, we did this with Bluntman. We forgot to do it with Gary, but we will ask you. It's an either-or, really quick, rapid fire. Oh, nice uh, nice. It's called At the Fence with Fanny. We're just okay. going to give you a really quick list of either-ors. And you let us know what side you're on. They're very uh common debated parts of boy meets world lore okay uh, so first and foremost should Topanga have going to Yale yes or no
2: yeah <laughs> okay okay that's good to go uh, I mean, not for the show but for her yeah no no Pembroke yeah yeah no, of course yeah she should have gone to Yale she's too smart you know, and she, she and Corey still would have ended up, I think, yeah. although probably not. But anyway, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we got
0: to go into that part because uh, really quickly, I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but we look at the Corey and Topanga relationship now. And Gary talked about it like it was supposed to be tense They were getting married young. But yeah. do you think based on what you've seen now, yeah. you would want Corey and Topanga to end up together?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Wow, never thought about that. Well, you know, without my insight into the people or the characters. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. all gonna go with boy. I'm just gonna go with Boeing's world. Yeah. That's yeah. okay with you. Yeah. They have to be together. I mean, honestly, uh yeah, of course, man. After <laughs> what they've been through, yeah. I mean, they're on paper, they're not compatible. <laughs> what a, What is she doing with him? You know, he she definitely, you know, and I don't mean Danielle yeah. and Ben, I mean, Corey and Topang, yeah. but they they really complement each other beautifully. Yeah, they, yeah, Romeo and Juliet, they deserve, they deserve each other. They, they belong to each other. So, yes. Okay, okay next my, question. My answer.
1: Yeah. Next question side yard or backyard? Well,
2: I can't speed this one because I heard the Pod Meets World people discuss this <laughs> ad nauseum. I didn't. I've never even heard the word side yard. It is a side yard, but I would have thought it was a backyard prior to that conversation. So it's to a be honest with me, yeah, it is a side <laughs> yard. No, it is a side yard. But I never heard of that. I never even heard of that uh, in existence. It is a side yard. <laughs> but watching the show, they it made it feel like it was a backyard. So you I'm said, have out. you
0: ever seen a uh, team corner lot? Because we're team corner lot as well. Like the house is just on <laughs> yeah. a, a corner space. Um, uh, well, that makes sense. I'll go with that. Thank you. Next one. Yeah. Eric and Jack or Eric and Rachel, as what best couple? Uh, yeah, best couple. Like which <laughs> is a better couple? Would you vote yeah. now?
2: Yeah, Eric and Jack. I I gotta tell you, I feel like I, I feel like they don't get enough credit. I think Eric and Jack were great together. I love Rachel. I love Bailey, mm-hmm. and I love uh, Matt. I love Matt. He was great. Um but I I feel Eric and Jack are so really I mean yeah that eh, almost more than coordinating <laughs> they're opposites <laughs> but they are they really they they complete each other. Yeah. They are they're yes. a complete person. I think Eric was great for Jack. Jack was great for Eric. I love them and I wish there was more of them.
0: Have you ever heard the Jarek? part of it, the people who ship them as a as a couple. <laughs> no. That's not, that's not, <laughs> no. There's an
1: entire internet Reddit. A theory about how they were just roommates, but they were very close. They were oh, very attractive, but they never had girlfriends and they hung oh. out exclusively all the time. And wow. Uh, yeah. No, I've yeah. never heard that. I mean,
0: not that
2: there's anything wrong with it. Not, but, not gonna
1: uh, be
0: wrong with we say uh, that all the time.
2: <laughs> no, but I gotta tell you, I I would root for that couple. I guess I swear to God, I'm I I've nothing. I don't see anything ever. Hmm. I, it never occurred to me that they they, they might be a gay. Couple, but I I would love them to be a couple. <laughs> so that's great. I've never no, heard it. Yeah, so that's great. What is it, jerek
0: Yeah, Jerick. Jack. Jack and okay. Eric. Um, I support I, that. To that point, and again, I keep <laughs> diverting, but these are really good. Um, right. Why? Why did Will never get a long term relationship? Like that's one of the questions that we were asked mm. earlier. It's like Will, having been there, and we pretty much match everyone up. Is it because we had Jack? Or like, why why did you never give Eric a long term girlfriend? Uh,
2: I don't know the answer to that. It's a great question, though. I don't know. It's a good question. I feel bad now. No, you know no. What I mean, uh, I do a little bit. So no, he uh, found Jack, and he ended up. He very found happy. Jack, and and I know he loved Rachel. Um, I forget uh, <laughs> wh- what happened with Rachel. Did she was he there till the end or no? She sure was. Has been bad it, to the end.
1: it turned out that neither Jack or Eric actually had feelings for Rachel. They were just in the competition of trying to win her over. Uh, and then neither uh, of them end up with Rachel. So. so sorry,
2: audience, that I don't know that, but uh, that's great. <laughs> that's good to remember. Okay. Um, you know, I know he had a lot of dates. It just never worked yeah. out. I, I forget which one I just watched. I don't know if it was The Eskimo or if it was Angela's Men, where him and Jack were looking for the soulmates and they remember that the, the two girls, each of them had the wrong girl and wanted to go with yeah. the one that was more like them. I, I think the reason is that Eric was never worthy of really a long-term relationship. <laughs> no. I mean, Maybe by the end he was, and I'm sorry, after the very last episode, he met his soulmate. Yeah. He was done with all the silliness. But I don't think it was a conscious decision. I think... Uh, sorry, it's, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, I don't think it was a conscious decision. I think... We had Corey and Topanga, we had Sean and Angela. I don't think we wanted another we had even we had, we even had Alan and Amy. I don't think we needed another couple.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? So to, to that um, point, um, which couple do you think is the best of the series? Corey and Topanga, Corey and, or Sean. Corey and Sean? Corey 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 Sean. and Sean. <laughs> yeah, I mean
2: I mean, and you know, I'm not even doing the pat answer. I mean, but let let's just say if there's no Corey and Topanga there's still a series. If there's Corey and no, wow. Sean, I, I don't want seven years of that. No, Corey and Sean, and again, I love and Topanga. I yeah. love them. Um, love them. But um, Corey and Sean is the heart of the show. Yeah, Cory and Sean is the heart and soul of Boy Meets World. I mean, there's a million relationships that are heart and soul, but that's the number one for me, reason to watch the show, to love the show. I love those two guys. Uh, actors and, and characters. They, they're they complete each other <laughs> for we sure. love
0: it. Yeah. yeah. So to, to that point, we appreciate your time really quick. We are going to ask you one more question because you love movies and television so much. Yeah. I have two questions, a two part. One is what were your TV shows that like formed you? Like we have boy meets world, right? right? What were the, the shows that you were watching that kind of like helped you understand and appreciate sitcom writing and then the final question is, what are you watching now?
2: Okay. Um, and, and you know, when I was watching them as a kid, I wasn't thinking, obviously, <laughs> along the lines of this. But and and well, one's gonna sound very cliche, but I'll just say it anyway. And I don't even know if you know it, you're so young. But the Dick Van Dyke show, I yep. don't know if you ever watched that show. Yeah. And yeah, it, coincidentally it's about TV writers. But I just for me that that show, that show is one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. Get smart. One of my all-time favorite shows, as a kid. I mean, yeah, that's the show that you, you you talk with your friends about the next day. Guess what? It was was brilliantly ridiculous and funny, and and I love the you know, Mel Brooks and Buck Henry. So I love that show. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of our shows. Where, you know, Star Trek. You know, I grew up with Star Trek, uh, Combat, Michael's Navy. I mean, I watched so many things back in the day. Um, you know, in my midlife, you know, there's the Sopranos. You know what I mean? And then there's other shows like that that really, really got me stoked. Uh, I'd have to see a list of shows, but I watched, when I was a kid, I watched. I mean, there was only three networks. <laughs> so yeah. I watched everything, you know, Bewitched. You know what I mean? I watched, I Dream of genie. I watched everything. Uh, I don't know if those inspired me as far as comedy, but they, you know, I was never not watching TV. I watched TV, you know, obviously too much. I didn't read a book until I was in my twenties, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> TV or
2: movies. I go to movie theater every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, even with Michael Jacobs back then, they, he liked to ruin movies for people, even <laughs> at the young age. So don't go to. I, I stopped going as an adult with him, honestly. Um, but movies, I mean, movie. I, I love TV. Movies were more my passion. I, I mean, like you know, Ben Hur is the first movie I saw on a drive-in screen. I was four, and I remember going, "Oh my god, I, I, I just want to be part of that world," you know. So love TV and movies. Uh, currently, um, well, I'll just tell you my two. Favorite shows. And I, I, I think I heard you say, I know you love one. Well, The Bear is certainly one of the greatest. Uh, I think it's the best writing, it's the best ensemble cast. I love that show. I it Just answer me this why is that in the comedy category? I don't get it. It's <laughs> we not expect a you to
0: know. Yeah. You have more TV experience than that,
1: has,
2: <laughs> that is no business being in the comedy. I'm sorry. Every time I see it, yeah, like I saw the Emmys last night, I go, why is that in the comedy? Category? To me, it's not a comedy. I think that's the, the richest t- show on television. Have you seen all of them? Yes. The one, Ritch- every
0: single
2: one. the one where Richie works at that restaurant in the second season. To me, that's one of the best episodes of television. Absolutely, ever. Ever breaks my heart. But anyway, so that and there's a show that I don't hear people talking about enough. I I don't think it was nominated for an Emmy. Uh, Reservation Dogs. Do you know this? Yes, yeah. it's been my homework twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I to me I I for me I talk about it in the same uh, vein with B- the Bear because I think it's. I think it's uh just a perfect show. I, I think I love it's three seasons. We finish, we watch it very quickly. And I think that's a uh one of the unsung heroes out there that people are not watching enough. I think that's I think that's a great I mean I watch a lot, I watch everything I can. Those are my two favorite shows right now, and they're 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 both half hour, I realize, you know. So yeah. uh they're great. But I watch Fargo, I love I mean I love everything. I like darkness. I don't know if you watch Fargo, it's great. Yes. Um yeah. Are you in the new season? I'm all we are caught up.
0: The last season is next week. Oh,
2: in, oh, yeah. oh, oh I, I haven't. Oh, wait, I haven't seen all of the last season yet. So don't say anything. Okay, but, I won't
0: um, say anything. Yeah, don't I'm,
2: pull a Michael Jacobs. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't Michael Jacobs me, man. <laughs> but watch Fargo. Uh, what's the one? Chemistry.
0: Uh, oh, Lessons in Chemistry. Lessons in chemistry. <laughs> Lessons
2: in chemistry. Really enjoying that. I didn't think I would, but we're we're not done with that yet either. I watched that with my wife, um, and I watch a lot of violent shows on my own. Uh, so I love. Um, and Angela's man, by the way, uh, you know, I didn't remember it at all, I had to watch it again today. I remembered it as I watched it. Julius Carey was great, um, great. but I see, I understand it's funny. I was listening to your critique of it, and I go, Yeah, I can see why they didn't like that, or like, Yes, women obviously didn't write that scene because women, but we had women writers, let me just say that. But they yeah. probably were shouted down by Michael or, or <laughs> us or whatever. Um, but it's an interesting to come back and hear, Oh, I wonder if we, uh, you know, we weren't that socially conscious. We're just trying to yeah. write an episode of TV. But um but I hear you when you analyze it, I think you guys do a great job. It's really it's really I like your breakdown. I really do. And I know whether you like it or not.
1: Honestly I don't care at this point.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm not getting paid <laughs> anymore. It doesn't matter. Um I know you love the show. So that's all that matters. You know? yeah so.
1: well we appreciate that and thank you because all of our critiques definitely come from a love of the show of the characters of us wanting the best out of these characters that we're invested in. And we try to approach each episode critique as if we're just talking about actual friends that we know, like it's just like we're treating these people like they're real, even though obviously they're fiction, but there is so much I think um, that you guys put into the show that we're able to get real world application from that allows for us to have a, a more serious conversation about it. Well,
2: that's great. That's great. No, I, I, I love your guys' passion, and I I I, I do love uh, anybody who loves anything. I I get passionate <laughs> about that project. You know, I, I'm in awe of a lot of things that I can't do, art, music. So, and I get passionate about those. I I love, and again, I've only seen, uh, I've only listened or watched uh, two or three so far. I watched a little bit of Mark. I have to finish him so he doesn't get mad. <laughs> yeah. But um, I will watch a bunch of yours because I actually want to hear what you have to say about these episodes because uh, mm-hmm. I I find fans honestly are more intuitively um, uh, intelligent about the episodes than we are. We're we're too, you know, we're like, you know, hey, I wrote that, you know, but uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about that. You know, some are good. Some are great. Some are bad. Uh, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. So I'm, I'm a fan of the show. Yeah. So I doubt I'll watch this one. Cause this is too long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really. uh, Jeff, I cannot thank you enough because this Not is enough. literally, no. like no. we said, nice. this is what we love doing. Yeah. I know that you, you yourself want to give everyone credit and we will as well, but it is an honor to speak to you. you <laughs> yeah. Such, oh, thank you. You unknowingly were so involved in our childhood and the stories that you wrote, the characters, the dialogue mm-hmm. that you um, wrote and put out there became part of our lives. And what we want to say more than anything to all boy meets writers but especially to someone like you who really took time to develop sean and angela is that it's appreciated because you were talking to people on the other side of the country who really Mm -hmm. use these words as like a guideline for how to enter the world
2: yeah Yeah. definitely well guys thank you you guys are very kind (laughs) and I, i really do appreciate it and and i like that sentiment now that's not I hope I haven't conveyed it at all that I'm not really proud of, of being part of the show. It's, it's it's one of those things. I don't talk about it. I don't think about it much, but when I hear it, it's always like, oh yeah, that's I'm really very. <laughs> I, I'm always touched when someone goes, oh, I love that show. That just it just it's very touching. It's really uh, heartwarming to know that, we, like you said, we were part of your growing up. That's an amazing thing. I, you know, yeah. you didn't think about it when we were doing it, but now in hindsight. It's just, it's a great thing to know. And it really, uh, it really warms my heart to hear it. So thank you for saying that. And thanks for doing what you guys do. Uh, This was a great joy for me. I
0: appreciate this. Thank you.
1: (laughs) That. (laughs) Boom. Boom. That was, you know what? I have to say. I did not plan on us being this kind of podcast. The kind of podcast that's like doing interviews with people, writers and producers and shit. This is all like so far beyond anything that we ever talked about when we first talked about this podcast. But as just a television nerd, I'm living for this shit. Audience, I don't know if you guys are getting what I'm getting out of these conversations, (laughs) but it's so cool to just ask about the nuts and bolts of this show, especially us. Like we're always kind of wondering these – you know these ideas of logic like why did the characters do this why did the characters do that and as much as we love talking to the cast they're not always able to provide those answers to help fill in the blanks but whenever we have someone on here like jeff who's able to give us that behind the scenes perspective it means so much and it fills in so many gaps
0: i love that jeff was for the most part was like we didn't think about it no. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I. He's like
1: you know like the fact I, I love that honesty of him just being like you know about it yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> well you know what's great like talking to him and then you know talking to gary like it, it's just so obvious that it kind of feels like the muppet show like every week it's like we got to put on a good performance and yeah. you know it's not the it's not analyzing the story the way that we are of just like okay well what did we do three seasons ago with this character it's more of just like we got to put on the good show this week so like what can we do and understanding that is I think helps me have a little bit more empathy for the show and its weaker points. To understand that like, hey, we have 23 episodes we have to make this season. Like if 10 of them are good, that's a win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, even what Jeff was saying about needing to like write a script and then had the entire thing scrapped you said at one yeah. like maybe just the title was kept yeah. uh, and then you had to write from new like understanding like that pressure to put out something new in such a short amount of time um it does we do start to understand why the show is the way that it is mm-hmm. but to your point It also makes it so much more valuable to get the good episodes that we get um and i also love that they were like yeah we you know sometimes we just threw things together um but when he talks about and then there was shot and the fact that he fought for it i'm like it's so amazing because your love for it really shines through and i wish he had given himself the chance to like really fight for yeah. other storylines because who knows what we would have gotten.
1: It's it, 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 in so many ways. I could completely understand his. Hey, I'm part of a much bigger team with talented people who all contributed. But Jeff, you were you're the a contributor uh, that played such a huge role. And yeah, and you know what? If I were part of a team like that, I probably would have a very similar headspace of just like well you know i contributed but it was a team and and wanting to give flowers to everyone because it is like such a collaborative process i mean what did they say like 100 people work together to make an episode so like it's it's no small group project at all like everyone is contributing something that hopefully adds a layer that pays off on on camera absolutely
0: uh and we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode uh we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with jeff We will continue to go back to our season seven reviews as um, apparently they've been listening to. You guys, the writers know who we are. (laughs)
1: I'm not saying that we're going to be on the cast of Dog Meets World (laughs) or in the writer's room. (laughs) But when Cory and Topanga's grandkids get a dog, if we're writing for that talking dog, you guys are going to be like, I was there then.
0: I love that you did the look who's talking approach. And yes, that's actually, the that's the third. <laughs> I actually love Dog Meets World.
1: I need it. I will watch it. <laughs> oh my gosh, a dog that goes to like a dog park and they there's care, like an yes. older dog I, that's like mentoring. I'm in this is like <laughs> Feeny the dog? Guys, animated live action? Give it to me. Disney, you're throwing money away.
0: (laughs) Anyway, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. And we hope to see you next week when we follow up with another Season 7 episode. Um,
1: We're following up next
0: week. You know the episode, right? I, I don't. I don't because... I don't know exactly when this is coming out. So okay, don't make promises you can't okay, keep. Okay, 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 fair. <laughs> but that said, I do want to say thank you guys for listening. Reach out to us at Rummy's World. Uh, we have merch. I don't know if you've seen our merch. Go check it out. We got uh, merch.
1: We got hoodies. We've got mugs. We've got hat. We got shirts. Tank we, tops.
0: We got toy tops. But also, you guys, I want you to let us know what you want to see on merch. Because... I'm going to tell you, from this episode alone, I have like three merch
1: ideas. But you guys tell us
0: what you want to see. You guys tell us what uh, merch will um, make you proud to wear and support Remy's World.
1: And and to the one gentleman from North Dakota who keeps sending us emails, we cannot put logos on edible underwear. So please stop <laughs> with the request. We're doing what we can.
0: <laughs> we will wrap this up. Uh, you guys, I think it's time to remember, as Feeny always
1: says, to dream to try to do good later bros later bros this episode of broad meets world was produced by season edited by tony curtis from meets world is a two free tokens media production bye when this spawn meets world